Evan Ross can't stop thinking about monster blood and what happened last summer. It was so horrible, so terrifying. Too bad Evan's science teacher doesn't believe him. Now he's stuck cleaning out the hamster's cage as punishment for making up stories. Then Evan's friend Andy comes to town, and things go from bad to worse. Because Andy's got a present for Evan. It's green and slimy and starting to grow. Monster Blood 2 is this week's story on the Goose Down. I want to welcome back for most and welcome to the first time for some to the Goose Down. Uh, My name is Cameron Hawkins. I am the host of the South Congress podcast, producer of the South Congress podcast network. And the Goose Down is the series where I review each and every one of the books in R.L. Stein's classic Goosebumps series. So, um, yeah, we're on episode 18. Um, We've been doing this long enough to where we're actually at the first sequel in the Goosebumps series. Uh, This happens for a few books. Um, You'll see it here with Monster Blood. You're going to see it with uh, Horrorland. You're going to see it with Night of the Living Dummy, probably the most iconic uh, character as far as uh, Slappy the Dummy goes in the Goosebumps series. But yeah, there are a lot of these Monster Blood books. Um, So this is really fun. Um... I am 33, so my first Back to the Future movie was actually Back to the Future 2, and like the Home Alone movie I remember more fondly is Home Alone 2, because of the talk boy, mostly, um, so yeah, I, I am, you know, one of those kids who saw a sequel first, and then kind of went back on the original, and how that kind of plays into how I approach this book. When you think of most stories, unless it's absolutely set up for a sequel, like you see, like with a lot of movies now, and it's going to be more fiction like a, you know, when Avatar came out, you knew they were shooting sequels for it. Or if you're a fan of movies in the MCU or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, like you know that these things are set up to continue. And so you go into it not necessarily looking for like finality. And even with stories that are like a horror, you know that you might not always get like this perfect ending, uh, but you accept them as being, uh, you know, kind of open and shut 
Like it's going to have a start. It's going to have a finish. Um, anything that happens after the main story is probably something you kind of put together or imagined or it's fan fiction, something like that. But but no, this is a very clear continuation um, of a story that you didn't necessarily know was going to have a sequel. I, I think the interesting thing that they do here, you know, Evan overcomes like this crazy story of, you know, his parents moving and having to visit this aunt that he thinks is deaf, but actually made a, uh, you know, made a deal with not the devil, made a deal with a witch a long, long time ago in order for her to, uh, you know, kind of leech off of his aunt and, you know, Monster Blood, the original story was the uh the third book in the series and so like some time has passed at least as a reader um it literally is like a few months that that we see uh time wise as far as monster blood one to monster blood two um so let's talk a bit about what's happened to evan ross and i won't even get into the direct uh plot points at this point but basically you know evan has this crazy summer of overcoming a literal witch or demon um, who was taking advantage of somebody in his family. The monster blood ends up swallowing her because like, she originally gave it power. He survives. His aunt survives. His dog survives. And um, his friend survives. His new friend. So kind of all is well that ends well, right? So this really reminds me of something like a Dragon Ball Z where the show kind of ends with these heroes that the world doesn't know about, like saving the entire world from evil magic. And, you know, somebody else kind of gets the credit for it at the end of the story. And everybody kind of goes about their lives and they're glamored into forgetting it. Um, but like we all know that this action has happened. So the original story is Evan going to his aunt's house while his dad pursues a job in Atlanta. Um, and he has to set up the job before they move. So when you get to Monster Blood 2, like they've actually moved. Um, Dad got the job. They moved to Atlanta. Um, you know, Evan's overcome like this evil magic. So you think it's going to be fine. <laughs> the mistake that Evan makes is one that I made. And, and this is ridiculous. Um, I remember my freshman year of college, my very first semester. Um, I didn't know anybody at UT. Um, I moved up there early before any of the kids that I went to high school were there. Um, I don't think any of the kids that graduated before me who were upperclassmen were actually there that summer. And so like I went through all like these these weird little situations like trying to meet people like trying to tell jokes or talking about classes we may have had in common or interest or coming up talk talking about basketball or stuff like that because it was the summer like the Spurs were in the finals. There's all kinds of awkward meetings until things finally went through. So Evan makes the mistake of trying to tell kids about the Monster Blood saga. Hey, hey kids, I know I'm new in town, but let me tell you about this sentient magic goo that swallows people whole and if they ingest it makes them huge and how I defeated it with this friend out of town. None of the kids are receptive to this. So like this great story that Evan overcomes, like this great, uh, you know, feat that he accomplishes. None of the kids care about it and they think it's entirely weird. And so through most of the book, it's like Evan's suffering through this 
experience not being able to share with anybody nobody believing him because the only person who was there with him that's his age was his friend andy and andy doesn't live in town so yeah just you really feel bad for this kid like who did this great deed and is now off in this life of you know regularity and shame and constantly being made fun of um so yeah let's get to the specifics of the story so you can see exactly like what this kid's experiencing um, we get Evan playing with his dog in the backyard. So his dog Trigger, um, who is like an old dog by now because he ages in dog years. So by this point, Trigger's actually a full 10 years old. All of a sudden, Trigger tends to get bigger and bigger. Um, he picks Evan up by his mouth, grabs him, and is about to bury him in a hole. And this is where you see that Evan's just having a dream. Um, he wakes up in the middle of his science class murmuring and he's disrupting class. And so this is where you get like the fast forward. He goes through like this crazy traumatic experience that of course he can't shake because how would a 12 year old be able to shake this? Wakes up in the middle of the class, makes a scene. All the kids are laughing at him and you get that. This is just a continuation of him annoying his teacher, Mr. Murphy. Mr. Murphy just has no love for Evan. And it's never really explained what the issue is other than Evan drawing a lot of attention to himself. Um, His punishment is that he actually has to clean the hamster cage in the science room. So he's a hamster named Cuddles the Hamster. If you've seen the cover art for Monster Blood 2, it's a hamster that's outgrown its cage to the point where it's bending the wires has giant evil teeth and monster blood is spilling everywhere. So again, a really great uh, illustration on the cover from um, Tim Jacobus, who just does a great job with most of these. So it's Evan lamenting about cleaning this hamster cage, how he can't stand the hamster, how he wishes the damn thing, you know, would just run away. So he cleans the cage and then you get him in the hallway after school and he's tripped up by the bully. Now, whereas Arl Stein's done this thing where he's named different characters after people in pop culture at the time, this is probably the most deliberate that it's ever been. The school's bullied, his name is Conan Barber, which they immediately draw attention to him basically being named Conan the Barbarian. And, and Conan is just a different type of bully. Like, he's not purely, I'm going to beat kids up. He's not purely play pranks on them. Uh, He goads kids and tries to trick kids into physical altercations left and right. Um, He has one friend in the whole school. Everybody else he is just mean to. But the weirdest thing is all the other kids, even though they get picked on at times, seem to encourage the behavior from him. Like it, It just really makes no sense. But if the school has an ecosystem, he's the beginning and end middle of the whole thing. So he trips Evan And then he helps him up and tells Evan, well, since I did you a favor, I hope you understand that I'm going to have to hit you. It's like, what? Like, what did I even do to you? So all the other kids like come around. He tells Evan, he's like, you know what? I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to let you hit me first. And Evan's like, dude, are you serious? He's like, yeah, hit me. So Evan hits him as hard as he can in the stomach. And it only hurts Evan because Conan is solid like Conan the damn barbarian. Um, so everybody laughs 
And of course, you know, when they tell you in school, they only they tell you in school and they also say it whenever there's like a penalty in college football. But you, you only ever see the person that's retaliating. You see the second person doing the action. So Mr. Murphy, of course, sees Evan hit Conan. Conan fakes like he's really hurt. And then Evan has to clean the hamster cage again. So this is like his punishment every single time he seems to do something. So Evan's already experiencing none of the kids believing him. He's having daydreams and damn near hallucinations. He's getting picked on by kids in class. As he's walking home, he actually is surprised from behind. He turns around and it's his friend Andy from Monster Blood 1. He's like, yo, what are you doing here? So she tells him, like, I've told you this every time we've talked. I told you my parents were going abroad. I told you I'm going to be living with my aunt. And I told you she lives three blocks from you. So it's very convenient, but it does kind of get the story rolling. And she's like, hey, I brought you a gift. He's like, a gift? She brings him the can of monster blood. So, like, this item that they saw kill a person, this item that caused his dog to, like, triple in size, she thinks it's a good idea to bring it to him for, for reasons. Like, this isn't going to make his life harder at this point. So, the can was actually empty. Because, again, the monster blood wasn't just sentient on its own. It was sentient because it was called to action by a witch. So, she's like, yeah, I just brought you the empty can. It's funny, right? They open the can, and the can is half full. So... They hypothesized that there must have been like a drop of it still left from the first time that we did this. And this is the only way that it could still be sentient and alive and still exist. So like, okay, how in the hell are we going to get rid of this stuff? They conspire to bury it in the woods. When Evan gets home. His dad's there, and he's making, like, a giant metal sculpture. (laughs) Evan hates his dad's, like, interpretive art. Like, he doesn't like it at all. Like, anybody who listens to uh, I Just Want to Tell Stories, like, knows that we interview, like, local artists. So, this isn't, like, on the level of the installation art that Cindy does. Like, this is made out to be garbage, at least from a 12-year-old's perspective. So... He's looking at his dad's artwork and he's like clowning him for it. But basically he makes a giant aluminum cylinder that he calls the wheel. And he's like, dad, this is trash. And his dad's like, yo, they they let it come to the art contest at your school. Like clearly people think it's good. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna bring it there in a couple of days. So put a pin in that because that's going to come into play a bit later. So the next day at school, um, Evan's like, yo. I can't stand Mr. Murphy, Andy. This dude is on my case. He's making me clean this damn hamster cage all the time. He blames me for everything that goes wrong. We got to find a way to get back at him. So Andy's like, yo, I got a plan. Let's dig up the monster blood, give some to the class hamster cuddles, and make it grow in size. We'll just give him enough to where it shows that it works. It'll piss off the science teacher. The other kids will believe you. Everything will be set. They go to dig up the monster blood. They notice that it's gone. So the first time they were trying to bury it, that kid Conan came around. 
um, asked them what they were doing, and then all of a sudden runs away and leaves them alone. Real suspicious. So they deduce that he's the one that stole it. The next morning at school, Evan finds Conan, and he accuses him of stealing it. Conan's like, yo, there's no way that I did that. Yo, but I help you look for it. And he's like, yo, help me look for it. He's like, yeah, let's look for it in my locker. And Conan stuffs him in his locker. And Evan can't get out. He screams for help. And of course, because he's 12, two girls come by and let him out of the locker, which makes him suffer, you know, the largest amount of embarrassment that he can. Um, so Evan and Andy say, OK, we're going to break into his house. We're going to break into Conan's house and we're going to get the can back from him because yo, this is not safe in his hands. And Evan's not thinking about like the real world ramifications. He just thinks about Conan getting even bigger and beating him up more. So they go outside of his house and they realize that Evan's dog Trigger followed them there. Say, okay, we'll leave the dog outside. We'll go into Conan's room through this crack in his window. Get the monster blood, boom, bam, in out. They find the monster blood next to one of Conan's trophies. And this is when they get the can. They notice that Conan and his parents um, are all of a sudden home. But they do manage to grab it, sneak out through the window, um, and jump out of the house in time. So no harm, no foul. Got the monster blood. Everything's good. This is when Evan kind of has like an attack of conscience. He's like, I don't think we should feed this like to the hamster. Like, I don't like the hamster, but he might get too big and like really cause a ruckus. Evan makes Andy promise not to use it. He's like, nah, we can't do this. And she's like, okay, I guess. Um, He turns out to be sick the next morning and he can't go to school. (laughs) When he comes back the next day, he finds Cuddles and he sees he's grown to like the size of a rabbit. So again, Evan was the one in charge of cleaning the cage. And naturally, Mr. Murphy blames him for overfeeding the hamster. So Evan can't catch a break. But he knows that Andy's the one that did it. And, like, it's one of those things where, like, Andy's actually doing her best to be a good friend to him. It's like, yo, you told me how miserable you are living here. You told me how none of the kids believe this story that you're telling. And they won't let you get over it. I'm just doing my part to prove to everybody that this can work. Now, to take kind of a second, guys... We're like halfway through the story. And to me, like nothing actually like scary has happened. Um, You're aware of the action in the first book. If something grows in size, like it just shrinks in size. Like it doesn't seem to really be like other than Evan getting beat up, which happens to 12 year old kids. Like there's not like this strong sense of action. Like if anything, like this is like comedy and fantasy rolled into one. You're just like, how can this get worse for this kid? This is so sad. But nothing life-threatening, like, on the scale of, like, be careful what you wish for, where a girl literally gets turned into a bird by her childhood nemesis. So, okay. Evan gets to school um, the next day after Cuddles is the size of a rabbit, and he noticed that he's even bigger to the point where, just like on the cover art, he's breaking out of his cage. Evan goes to the supply closet in the school and he finds a leash. Um, Cuddles roughly being the size of like a small dog. He puts the leash around him and he ties him to the desk. So Evan's like, okay, tie the hamster to the desk. 
everything will be safe here. No damn way this thing gets any bigger, right? Wrong. After school, um, he finds Andy, and that's when she explains to him what she did, um, that she was looking at, uh, you know, helping him out. But this is when she tells him, she's like, yo, Mr. Murphy has had a total change of mind. Like, whereas he was mad at you for the thing getting too fat, now he sees, like, the fame that he can discover from this, so he's trying to get the hamster on the local news. Like, Mr. Murphy is a terrible adult through and through this whole story. So Evan and Andy get to school, and of course, when they get there, the hamster's 10 feet tall, um, ripping the classroom apart. So now everybody sees it. Like, this isn't isolated like Monster Blood 1 or anything else earlier in the story. All the kids are at school noticing a 10-foot hamster terrorizing everybody. Mr. Murphy goes to the room and tries to basically do the lion tamer thing, where you have the chair and the leash, where you like, try to hold the, the lion back. Damn hamster eats the chair. Um, so Evan thinks quickly. Remember, his dad made like a terrible sculpture earlier in the story. And so he brings it and expects to get Cuddles to run on it to distract him long enough until the monster blood wears off. They get the sculpture, somehow get it to the classroom. Cuddles destroys that too. So they don't know what to do. This is when Conan shows up. The kid has been bullying him all story. So again, Conan stuffed him in a locker. He's beat him up. He's got him in trouble for pretending to beat him up. And then at one point, and probably like the most egregious thing that happens, and, and you have to take yourself back to middle school. So you remember when you would play sports when you were that age, and you play like on a smaller court? At one point during basketball tryouts, Conan literally puts Evan in the hoop. So you got to imagine they're playing on like a six foot hoop, but he's still strong enough to pick this other kid up and stuff him in a basketball hoop. Like that, that actually happens in the story. So, you know, Conan shows up and Cuddles immediately goes after him. And I think that's just animal instinct. You find the biggest animal that you can take advantage of him. Everybody else is going to be scared. So he's playing with Conan like like he's like he's a toy, like my puppy Banner would play with his fun uh pinata toy just putting him in his mouth the same way the trigger did at the beginning of the story um with evan in his dream so this is where evan comes up with like kind of the final plan i'm gonna go to the locker i'm gonna get the monster blood i'm gonna eat it myself and get big enough to lock cuddles in the supply closet until this wears off when they go to get the monster blood it's already done what it did the first story, and it's spilled over the top of the can. So, you know, Evan doesn't let this shake him. Even though it's all over his arm, Evan grabs some, eats it, starts to get huge. Um, goes, to the, goes to the classroom, and he's ready to square off with the giant hamster, right? They're the same size. Evan stops growing, though, because it, I guess it reacts different to human physiology. And so they're the same size. Um, Evan doesn't get any bigger to where he thought he would be able to manhandle the hamster. They start fighting, even fight. Evan actually does beat Cuddles, um, even though he's larger than him um, weight-wise. It's a stalemate. Like, think of every, uh, you know, monster movie you've seen. Or every, like, Godzilla and King Kong, like, the in the second act, not the third act. So, just as Cuddles is about to get the upper hand, they both shrink down to their original size. 
Andy wonders what happened. Like, why would this happen to both of us right at the same time? The monster blood conveniently has an expiration date. And it was that day. So some real like deus ex machina stuff happening right there in the moment. Um, The monster blood expires and Evan is congratulated by Mr. Murphy. So I guess all is well that ends well. Evan literally saves people from being eaten and mauled by a 10 foot hamster. Everybody has common knowledge of what happened. Like there's no surprises. Evan's no longer like the biggest liar in the whole world. Um, I mean, he's quite literally a hero. So, you know, this kid who had to deal with nobody believing him being the weirdo literally finds a way to save everybody. Mr. Murphy, the most terrible adult of all time. You know what he does for Evan? You know what Evan's prize is? cuddles the hamster he gives him the hamster so he he finds a way to make this experience like even more traumatic for the kid by giving him a damn hamster so yeah um that that's (laughs) that's mr murphy's like final act so later that night andy comes to see evan and has a surprise for him while her parents were away abroad they found a can of monster blood in Germany and give it to him. So again, people keep making the situation worse at every turn. Andy says she already opened the can, but promises that she's not going to use it. Um, the kids leave the room and eat dinner. And then when they come back, they notice that Cuddles has gotten back to the can and is starting to eat it. So, you know, whereas their hope was eventually it would wear off, now they have a brand new can that doesn't have an expiration date. So it's not going to be as convenient as last time. So get ready for Monster Blood 3. Um, <laughs> like a real departure from the series in that to me, it wasn't like direct horror. Like this was more kind of like fantastic comedy than, than anything else. Fantastic in the sense of fantasy not in the sense of being the greatest story ever even though it was fun like to watch evan like really have to deal with you know being the unpopular kid being an outcast and then finally getting that glimmer of hope having his friend around and and still like even after everything goes awry even after saving the town here he comes with more pain and more pressure like like this kid doesn't deserve to have PTSD from a damn can of Play-Doh, but here we are. So, um, you know, a really fun read to get a departure from the other stories so far in the series because you didn't feel like there were real consequences. Like, you felt like everything would be neat and tidy because of how dire the consequences were in the first book. Like, there was a literal witch that, that was taking advantage of his family and demanded that his aunt kill her nephew and his friend and their dog. Um, so, this was... Way less magic, I guess, more science than anything else. Um, but it, it really does like confuse the idea of what the monster blood was because, like in the first story, it's very actively a witch bringing power to it, and in this story, it's just oh, like somebody made a can like of of evil flubber. Um, if anybody remembers that movie, um, so yeah, um. You know, book 18, (laughs) fun read. Um, Last week's book was Why I'm Afraid of Bees. Next week's book is going to be Deep Trouble, which is, you know, capitalizing on the scariness that was hammerhead sharks for a long period of time. Um, So, yeah, we're actually doing something really cool um, because we've been doing this for, you know, 18 episodes which is basically four months um the entirety of the summer 
Um, it's been a while since we've had like any new merchandise. So what I'm going to make, um, I don't know if it'll be done by this episode, but definitely my next episode. So somewhere in between there, um, we're going to do a Goose Down Summer 2019 concert tee. Um, that'll be available on our T Public shop. Um, we'll do probably do one version on the T Public shop, another one on the Teespring, since that gives us a lot more options and we can set like a lower price point. So, if the Goose Down is a show that you really like, um, we'd love for you to support the show by uh, purchasing one of the concert tees. So, expect uh, the Goose Down Summer 2019 concert tee uh, really, really quickly. Um, and we'll make sure we have a link to that, um, if not in these show notes, in next week's show notes. Um, again, thank you for joining me, guys. Um, this has been the Goose Down, uh, the show where we cover each and every one of the books in R.L. Stein's Classic Goosebumps series. This was book 18, Monster Blood 2. Uh, my name is Cameron Hawkins, and for the South Congress Podcast and the South Congress Podcast Network, thanks for joining me. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comic, show, or movie discuss? Supporting the South Congress Podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show. 